exactly does it mean to share your hotness? We all have our own unique spark. We are burning out of control like a wildfire, attracting attention, but is it the right kind of attention? All around us are people who are campfires. They don't get as much attention, but their story, their signature spark, their heat that attracts us close to them, those stories need to be shared. On this podcast, we're sharing their stories. Their stories of resilience, overcoming, how to find joy, happiness, everyday people who found their spark and made their life amazing. Hello and welcome to this episode of Share Your Hotness with your host, Lita Green, and my guest today, Carrie Eschler. Now, we were joking before we went live because I was drinking from a mug the kind you get when you go to the hospital not just when you visit but when you you get to have a stay at a That's hospital right so i call these hospication mugs and carrie's laughing because she's like they're probably the most expensive water bottle you can possibly buy and so i joked with her that we i brag about my wealth because <laughs> yeah. i have three of them and the reason they're called hospication mugs is because in the time period that you earn a hospication mug, you can't go on any other kind of vacation. Just that. Just, just that. that one. Yeah. And, and you, you have get that as a, a trophy at the very end. Well, um, you know, best. it's funny because people I mean, be like, that's kind of morbid that you keep them. And I'm like, <laughs> this one, this particular one is from my husband's heart attack. Oh, and when I drink from this, I'm reminded of the blessing that he is still here. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So I want to let the listener know that you hear Carrie's laughter in the background. You guys need to stand up and celebrate that Carrie is laughing because Carrie is a warrior. And I, I am always honored for every guest that comes on, but Carrie is going through something very sacred at this time and that she's come on. I just need you all to like hear her. Because this is a real gift that we have, Carrie, at this time on the podcast. So um, we first got connected. You'll have to remind me how we first got connected. I know we've been Facebook friends for a long time. Well, um, so my husband, um, we opened up a handyman business for my husband. And at that time, um, I was going to uh, different groups to, you know, try and meet people and, and tell them about right. our business and everything like that. And I think it was the women's, it was a women's group. That I, I go to, gone to a lot of networking women groups. Yes. I, can't remember the, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a women's group. And that's where I met you. And immediately I was, <laughs> I was taken with you because you're so outgoing and you're just you are unapologetically you, and I loved that so much. So, well, thank uh, you. You, you just then, attract. You just attract people. And then um, it's been maybe about four years. I think four so. Five years since um, we had something in common that no yeah. parent wants to have in common is that yeah. you lost your daughter. Yeah. Um, the difference is your daughter was a grown woman. Correct. And has a little, a little one, um, Liam. Liam. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so you have been raising Liam and on your Facebook at the top of your Facebook. Oh, I should have had this up because it was the sweetest thing ever. You talk about the purpose of your life. Do you, do you remember that off the top of your head? Cause I'm looking Um, you up right now. It was to raise my daughter, but now it's to raise her little boy. Yeah. Okay. I never knew my purpose until my daughter passed. It was to love her. Now it's to love her son. Yeah. There you go. Something like that. I knew it was something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I just love that, that you're like here world. Um, and you know, your, your daughter, um, had work to be left to be done. And you know, the top of your Facebook is a picture of your beautiful Shayla and her with her son, Liam, and you're always sharing these joyful posts about oh. funny things that Liam does. He does. Yeah. He, so let's talk about Liam Oh my gosh, this kid. I just, I, you know, for me, I, I didn't think I could love anyone as much as I love my daughter. I know, and I know this sounds very strange, 
Um, I don't love him more, but it is a different kind of love. And now, I is she like, your only child? She is my only child. Yep. So I have a stepdaughter, um, Cammy, but um, sh uh, Shayla is my only biological. Now, child, how so. how old was Kayla, um, um, Cammy, when she came to your life? Uh, Cammy was three. Okay, was so you and Shayla to was raise four, her. so they're about a year different in age, but they are as different as can possibly be. I mean, day and night. So did you have Cammy yeah. full time or did you have to share? No, we had to share. So, um, stinky pants sharing, huh? you know, stinky pants sharing. That's I my know, swearing. Stinky pants you know? sharing. Yeah, for sure. I think that's definitely what it should be called, but, <laughs> but, um, well, we don't want to have too friends. much friends. Oh yeah. That's awesome. For being and as different so as they were there, they were the best of friends growing up. So it was wonderful. Well, um, that is, that is a success right there. Um, cause my sister and I are very different people, but we cannot, I cannot say that about us. Um, yeah. she, uh, <laughs> her perception of me is I make a living off of my, you know, and oh. it's like, okay, well, you know, so yeah. anything I do is misinterpreted as kind of thing. So I just kind of went, okay, stinky pants. Yeah. Um, you know, but <laughs> sometimes uh, that happens in families. Believe me, I understand. <laughs> well, there, there's a lot of dysfunction that goes back many generations. So my sister is yeah. just a victim of all of that. And so she's yeah. an excellent person in many ways, um, just yeah. a victim of different family patterns. And I fortunately have been to lots of therapy. So yeah. I was same. <laughs> healthy people have been to therapy <laughs> and people who say they don't need to go to therapy. I'm like, Oh, Oh, yeah. what, how much happier could you be living your life? Yeah. Free of unhealthy patterns. Oh my gosh. Yes. For unhealthy sure. ideas. And I mean, honestly, um, it's the only thing that's gotten me through a lot of the stuff that I've had to go through, you know, um, it, it's funny because anytime I go to a doctor or whatever, they always ask, are you getting the help that you need? And I said, yeah, because I, I very much believe in that. Um, you know, you have to, you have to advocate for yourself. So, um, for instance, with the loss of my daughter, I absolutely knew that I was struggling um, and I knew that I was having a very difficult time grieving and that I needed to go get that help. And I did, you know, did I have good days and bad days? I absolutely had good days and bad days, even with the help. Um, right. there's just a lot to process there and unpack. So, right. But helped, you know, helped. through, um, being able to go forward with the truth of what you're dealing with instead of all the coping mechanisms we can put on top of our traumas mm -hmm. and our losses, um, or, you know, false ideas. You know, I had a lot of false ideas about how I processed the sexual abuse, how I processed yeah. the physical and emotional and neglect, you know, that I had yeah. as a kid, you know, that undervalued how I perceived my value. Yeah. And so first and foremost, I cite the, the love of God. Yeah. And, um, how I've been able to live a joyful life and the help of therapy and going through those things and, you know, being able to, you know, bounce, like, am I thinking through this in a healthy way Right, you know, is exactly. so valuable, but you got to do the work and you always have to do the work. We're always, we're always guys, life is work. It and, is work. Well, yeah. just back to what you're saying. So when when my daughter was alive, you know, and I always, I think, I don't know if all parents do this. Maybe they do. Maybe it's just mothers. I, I don't know, but I always thought there is no way I would ever be able to live. If something happened to my child, <laughs> I just, I would not survive it. I would not be here. I would have to, I would have to take myself out. I, I could not live without my child. Okay. So okay? <laughs> Yeah. And so yeah. there was a, there was a lot of stuff that I had to actually go through with that thought, because part of my grieving process was that I wasn't grieving the way that I felt that I should be beforehand. I thought I would never be able to make it. And I'd have to, I'd have to take myself out, you know, well, all of a sudden here I am thrown into the situation where she's got a little boy who now needs care. And I have had to literally shut off 
all these feelings and all of this emotion. You don't get to take yourself out. I I can't. Here's a new thing. And I have to survive for this little boy. So there was guilt. There was a lot of guilt that I was feeling because I did not, I did not, uh, I, I don't know what the word is, but to, I did not handle her death the way that I felt like I should have. I felt like I should have been in bed. I felt like I should have been depressed and down and not want to get up. I felt like I should want to kill myself. I felt like I should have to want to do all of these things. And I didn't, and I couldn't. And therefore I I had guilt over all of it. Oh, thank you. So I had to rethink that that whole thing. Yeah. You had to therapy. Therapy You had to to reprocess that, you know, you know, it's, it's, um, it's interesting because I too, you know, my greatest fear, I think any parent, um, you know, which is why we're, we're all so hurt with what's happening in Israel, you know, 40 babies beheaded. I just can't even, I can't even, um, I actually held myself off from watching that. I hope I don't start crying, but I watched a lot of it last night. I have family members that are Jewish. My husband is Jewish. Um, but the the killings of the babies and things like that oh my gosh it about ruined you know me. i watched I told my the, husband i have to turn it off i can't watch it i just can't my husband and i literally were like we need to watch it just because um you know you need to know what happened at 9 11 you yeah and you need to know that the holocaust is real you need yeah. to know pol pot existed you need to know that mao did what he did we need to know that humans are capable of deep evil and this idea that we can just skim over human nature and idealistically assume that we're all going to end up in some kind of kumbaya without people fundamentally changing themselves individually is yeah you know absolutely well that's what i told my husband i'm like i cannot just keep my head in the sand although i would like to because it is so painful um you know, to watch, um, and not be able to do anything. I think that's the biggest thing. Well, we can do I, something. I we feel can like, do something. Uh, I, th- this I feel is not- like I'm here and I can't, I'm not able to do anything about it. You know, what well, um, what we can what do, um, and that's not where I want to go with this podcast, yeah, but, but, um, what we can do is we can vote Yeah. to be very clear on our foreign policy and who we're voting for. And if anyone wants my opinion, I am happy to give it to them, but let's not do it on the podcast right now. <laughs> um, so uh, just just keep, let me just put it out there. Yeah. Propaganda is true on both sides of the extremes. Yes. And it takes work to find out the truth and you're not gonna catch oh. it in a headline. That's so anyway, sure. back to what we were talking about. Yes. Because, <laughs> um, you know, the greatest fear losing a child. And then I went off on this tangent of ADT. No, it's all good. All good. Yeah. Cause that's what I do. Um, <laughs> that losing a child. And I remember thinking that that cannot happen. That is not a real thing that can happen. Yeah. And I had this very spiritual afternoon where I was on bed rest and I was asked the question, what would you do? Yeah. If your husband dies, what would you do if your daughter dies? And both of those were a real possibility. And I got to journal and, you know, process what the ideal was for me. So when I, you know, the, the, you know, your, your, your brain says, I will just shut down. I will not do it. I will end it. But I had to answer that question because I had to sit with it. And so then when I was having to literally deal with, because I was on bed rest of the time. And yeah. we didn't have, we didn't sell smartphones, did not have the smartness that they, right. did, you <laughs> know, so yeah. I did not have a lot of entertainment to escape yeah. to. And, um, when I actually lost my daughter, I was like, oh, I already have my ideal template and that's the power of doing the work, mm-hmm. but there's someone really close to me that has completely cut me out of their life because they always said I would die. Yeah. How could you have done that? How they were literally mad at me you know, they would express anger, you know, like, how could you have done that? How could you have gone forward? I wouldn't be able to do it. And I'm like, you would do it. You would do it for your other kids. You do, And they have completely retreated from life and, um, completely retreated from life and cut not just us, but pretty much everyone out because they are, they're not living anymore. 
yeah. because of the death of a child. And yeah. here are you, um, it's, it's an interesting question that I think a lot about that you had these other responsibilities. This friend of mine, this other person that I love has a lot of responsibilities. There are other children in the home, but because of that one terrible, awful thing, Carrie, as hard as you were on yourself, that you were feeling guilt, you still did what needed to be done. And that is like, that's awesome. That's awesome that you did that. And that's what you do. Um, because I've been, that's what you do. That's what you did. But there are many, many people who repeat this idea to themselves that they couldn't. And I would put forward that we need to start saying, I will, you know, more positive affirmations about how to deal with the hard things. Yeah. Um, but you chose to step up for Liam. Yeah. And I guess that's love, right? Yeah. I mean, to me, it was not a question. I have a beautiful child who needs somebody to care for him and to love him. And who better than the one that raised my child? And that was what my child told me. Shayla told me that if anything had happened to her ever, that she wanted him raised the way that I had raised her. And well, I love that. mom compliment. Like, yeah. Could you did. want anything more like, as a mom? Yeah. Well, and <laughs> even her, so our therapist, I mean, we've always gone to therapy, but her therapist even told me that same thing. Now, I don't know if Shayla had some kind of an inkling that something was going to happen to her. But she said that to her therapist right before she passed away. Wow. Same thing. So I think, you know, for me, I did what needed to be done. And that was to take care of her son. Now, um, there were a lot of things that I could have done that would have brought me down. And I recognized those. I guess I was aware enough to not let those things happen. So for instance, when she died, I thought, okay, I need to get around people who have experienced the same thing and who are going through this so that I have somebody to talk to. So I got on a lot of these uh, Facebook groups of mothers who have lost children and not to say anything bad about them, but it's a lot of repetitive loss, 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 loss. Well, I think group therapy often is um, finding your echo chamber of justifying mediocrity. Yeah. Well, and so I, I, and I kind of grimace after I say that because I don't want to, I think there's hurt a anybody's feelings or make them feel bad for the way that they need to process or grieve. Cause that's, uh, a, that's, that's definitely not what it's about. We need to go through, but we yeah. have to evolve beyond focusing on. Yeah. The- so you can't focus on that. And I looked at that and I went, I can't do this. I cannot continue to be in these groups and listen to this heartbreak and heartache and all of this stuff on a daily basis, because it's making me stay right where I am. I am not healing. I am not getting better. I have to be able to be this way. I have to be able to be healthy and here and, and as good as I can be for that little boy, Mm -hmm. that is all that matters. My grieving, what I need, is important. Absolutely. But I can take care of me as well as taking care of him. And I need to do what's healthy. And those groups were not healthy for me. So, um, Carrie, I'm, I'm sitting here doing the head shake, like (laughs) a rock concert because, um, people after Caitlin died, they said, I just don't think you're taking the time you need for you. Yeah. And long story short, which I'm writing in my third book, but Um, There were circumstances that I had seen mothers who had stepped out of being mothers because of justifiable things to grieve. And the consequences of that were severe because we need mothers. We we need, we need intentional parents. Right. And, um, and and so um, I decided that I would put my grieving secondary to the happiness and well-being and care of my children and that's my exactly son. It. Yeah, that's exactly what you said. That's why I'm like, yeah. And this is a principle I'm teaching in the book. Um, but that my son literally said, he said, you know, really, when I look back on that time, I just think of it as a happy time. And I am getting a little emotional because one, yeah. that was a sacred thing to me. But I know that Liam, 
is going to look on the time with you as a happy time. Yeah. And what needs to happen. So I know. And if you had wasted, if you had wasted those four years that you've had, it's been four years, five years since Shayla died. It's uh, four. It's going on four years. So if you had taken the last four years to completely focus on your own grief, yeah, you might have fed him, provided shelter for him, but you would not have provided the haven that you have. Yeah. And those four years are precious time. They are very precious. And we've had a wonderful, we've had a wonderful four years, despite the loss of his mother, um, you know, which we all remember Shayla. She's not forgotten. We are not, I'm not putting her out of my mind. I'm not, you know, forgetting what happened. We are literally living it every day, you know, You're living with with it yes the joy and the pain can live together and they can people say that they can't but they can and I don't know that I agreed with that in the very beginning Mm -hmm. I'm like there is no way those two cannot possibly live together but they really can because in the beautiful moments that I have with Liam and the time that I am spending with Liam I am recalling those things that I couldn't remember with Shayla when she was little. And so it's bringing back a lot of happiness and joy and love that I had with Shayla when she was little. Um, Shayla, <laughs> Shayla used to get mad at me because she'd say, what did I used to do when I was little? And I'm like, oh gosh, I don't remember. <laughs> you know, that's, that's uh-huh. too long ago. I don't remember all that stuff, you know? So she, she kind of got upset that I wasn't taking note and didn't have all these books and pictures and all this stuff of all the cute stuff she did when she was little. And I'm like, I'm sure I've got it somewhere, but I just don't remember, you know, well, you with Ian, now? it's bringing those things up and I'm remembering a lot of the really cute little things that she did and that Liam is doing that are very similar to her. Mm-hmm. So it's quite it's quite an amazing experience, you know. Are you taking note of those now? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I have a whole drawer. I have, I mean, I have everything. So awesome. Yeah, I've got all his stuff. I, I keep everything all. And I take a ton of pictures, awesome. pictures and videos and pictures and videos. I've had to buy extra storage space on my computer. <laughs> so. Well, you know, taking pictures and video is immensely easier than it used to be yes for sure you know and uh, uh and free yeah and, and free you know you just have to buy storage space that's it that's all you that's gotta it. do okay yeah. so carrie how many months ago was it that you made the announcement because i actually saw on a different group so you made an announcement you asked June. on a different group and i saw it and you went Oh, Lita, I didn't know you were in here. Yeah. <laughs> Could you please not mention that publicly right now? And I'm like, of course not, you know? Yeah. Um, it was in June that I found out that I have, well, I had breast cancer back uh, when, right after Shayla died. So I don't know if you know this story or not. I don't. I don't um, so Shayla passed away in, in October. And then in December, I got really sick, went to the hospital and they did a CT scan. And apparently at that time they had found a a very large lump. Now, I don't know if they forgot to tell me, which I don't think is the case, or I just didn't remember them telling me. However, I don't think that's something I would ignore. My mother has had breast cancer and I watched her struggle with that. I just don't think that's something I would ignore. So I don't know what happened, but fast forward into June of the next year. So 2020, um, I got sick again and went to the hospital and the doctor that was they found me, the lump, but didn't biopsy it or no, because I didn't, I forgot about it or they didn't tell me whatever. I'm not sure. Huh? So that fast forward to June of the next year, I go, I get sick and I go into the hospital again. And the doctor comes in and says, Hey, did you ever take care of that lump that you had in your right breast? And I said, what lump? And he goes, 
you have a very large lump in your right breast. And I went, oh my gosh. And so immediately I took action, went and got a biopsied. And sure enough, it was a, a ductal carcinoma. So um, they had to, I had to have a lumpectomy and they took quite a bit of uh, out from my boobs. So I was lopsided there for quite a while. So that was kind of fun. I'd go to the grocery store because my bras didn't fit and my bra would pop off right while I'm in line. So, like, oh, uh, girl sorry. Girl <laughs> sorry you know, so, um, but anyway, then a fast forward to now, June of this past year, um, I got sick again, <laughs> went into the emergency room. And all of the sickness that I'm talking about, I had had blood clots. So I'm always afraid when I have breathing issues and stuff like that, that I've got a blood clot. Okay. <clears throat> well, come January of this past year, I got really sick, had pneumonia, and then kept getting sick and sick and sick and sick. Well, I thought I either had pneumonia again, or I thought I had blood clots. Mm. So I went in and they did a CT scan. And the doctor comes in to me and he says, um, oh, I've got good news and bad news. What do you want? And I says, oh, give me the bad news. I'm better at dealing with the bad news right off the go. He says, well, I'm going to tell you the good news. It's not a blood clot or pneumonia. I said, so what do I have? He says, you have metastatic breast cancer. And I said, what? And he goes, yeah. He says, it's in your lymph nodes in the middle of your chest. You have a whole bunch of lymph nodes there and it's spread to your lung, your right lung. <clears throat> so, you know, the only thing with that, I thought about, um, I was just like, wow, okay, what are we going to do now? Um, you know, so I called my husband, told him, of course. Did they tell you like that. stage three, stage four at that point? What did stage they? Stage four. Once it goes to metastatic breast cancer, it is stage four and it is terminal. When I say terminal, terminal could mean six months. It could mean 10 years. It, you know, it just right. depends because everyone's different. Everybody's cancer is different. Right. Um, and how you react to the treatments are all different. So that could mean that I could get on a treatment and it would work for me. It would shrink all of those. Uh, cancer, all the cancer that I have, and I could live a normal life with that medication for many, many years. But if and it when we say a normal I could life, die. and when we say a normal life, it still shortens your life. It still you shortens have, your life. You could yes. have a decade. You could finish. Yeah. yeah, correct. So we don't know. And I mean, just like everybody else, you don't know when you're going to go. I mean, I know I have a shorter lifespan. And so when you get that kind of diagnosis, the thing that happens is time. Um, the, the, your time span, you look at it and go, okay, wow. I have a shorter. Yeah. You're not, time. you're not I, saving for a rest home for you anymore. I got some <laughs> stuff I got to get done. I mean, and I got to get to right. it now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You know, you're very aware of time and you're very aware of all the things you need to get done. And so it was, it, that for me was the most stressful. It wasn't necessarily the diagnosis. It was that I, I had a lot of things that needed to be taken care of before I pass. And I think that's a really profound gift and curse. And you're looking at it from the gift standpoint, because some people could, you know, be, be crying and yeah. Um, and that's why I think it's so sacred we're getting to talk to you because what you said, you know, everybody has a limited time. Some yeah. of us know it. Some of us don't. Yep. And, um, you know, I woke up this morning being like, you know, it'd be really great if Jesus came today would be a good day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like I, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Um, I think we're all kind of, you know, you know. Jesus take the wheel a little bit, yeah, right? But exactly. um, the, when, when death is something that could be there, um, we experienced this with my husband's heart that he was given limited amount of time and miracles have happened. Yeah. And that was 15 years ago. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. Right. And yeah. I hope for that for you. Yeah, me too. We all do. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, it's, 
sometimes I, I feel guilty when I meet people who don't get the miracle I got, you know, but I'll tell you, our marriage is so much sweeter and yeah. life is so much sweeter because we're living today. Yep. We don't let things go to tomorrow. What needs to be said. And every time I do, I'm like, man, I've gotten casual. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> um, but I, you know, I see your posts and I just am reminded of that time for our family. And I'm so thankful that you're sharing um, how you're feeling and you're processing yeah. this diagnosis and the reality that you already knew because yeah. of, the of your child. Yeah. That life is such a precious gift. Completely, completely. And time is very, very important. Um, one of the biggest it kind of what, what you're saying, say those things now. That's been one of my biggest things is that I've had a lot of time to think about is when I die, and, and sometimes people get mad at me when I'm talking so nonchalantly about death, but it it's it's my life. I mean, that's where I'm I'm that's life, how you get it. It's it's it just is what it is. Everybody. You know? Yeah. And so it's when you know that you're going to die or you are headed in that direction, I think it's a good thing to point out to people. And I think that they get this on their own. I don't think anybody needs to tell them, but you need to tell the people around you what you are feeling and thinking every day. Do not wait until a funeral is here to say those things. If somebody inspires you, if somebody, if, if you love somebody and you haven't really told them that you need to tell them that there is no time like the present, get it done. Don't wait for the funeral. Then it's too late. Don't come to my funeral and say all these really good things about me that you've never told me before. Don't come to my funeral and be mad at me for something that you've you never, never told me, me before. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever the case may be, get it out. Those are things that need to be talked about now because you just don't know how long you have. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is you're putting off doing, you need to do it now because time is actually very, very precious. And um, I think a lot of us go through life thinking these things won't happen to us. You mm -hmm. know, I can do this tomorrow. I don't need to worry about it now, but Hey, you don't know that. I, I refer to it as the naivety bubble. And I think it is a lot. You know, that I, prior to certain events in my life, I was like, well, that would never happen to me. And okay. our brains literally, um, so the difference between empathy and sympathy. Yeah. You know, Brene Brown has her whole thing about the person in the hole. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, that's too bad. You fell in the hole. That's sympathy. Yeah. And the person that crawls down the ladder and gets in there is empathy. But I like to take it a little bit further than that, um, you know, and says, let's go out of the hole together. You know, that's her difference between sympathy is like, oh, that's too bad to yeah. let me help you out. Yeah. Um, because there's some things like what you're talking about. Yeah. That um, people can have empathy or charity for. That's yeah. the Bible's language for what we're talking about. Um, of how would I feel if I were there? Yes. That's how we can have some empathy and putting ourselves in their shoes. Right. Yes. But um, sympathy gone awry because our brain sees something horrible and we want to go, well, did, what did you, what did you forget to do? Did you forget to take your vitamins? Did you mm -hmm. forget to pray? Did you forget to, you know, yeah. I mean, I literally had people who would say to me, you know, did you ever think to pray that she could live? Yeah. Like, dang it. In yeah. the seven months of bed rest, the <laughs> months of pregnancy, I just months don't of her life, I completely, you know, and yeah. you know, that we have this, you know, when we're living in that naivety bubble, yeah. that we're like, you know, if I do the right things in my life, if I'm kind to my neighbor, if I pray, I think that's the religious version of it, but you know, whatever your belief system is, you know, you, if you're like, if I check the box, you know. Um, then I, then things will be okay. Yeah. Those things, things will be fine. Life yeah. will go for me and other people. That's a statistic of other people, but they probably messed up. Yeah. 
they weren't as detailed as I was, or they weren't as clean as I was, or they weren't as good a driver as I was, right. or whatever, you know, fill in the blank. They weren't as good a mom as I was, whatever, you know, you hear it all, right? Yeah, you do. And when that bubble gets burst, mm-hmm. like it did for me when my husband got hit by a bus and then had a heart attack, it's somewhere oh. in there, the bubble burst that we were now a statistic yeah. and that I realized that bad things could happen. You bet would happen and so I might as well live my life for character growth yep. for what I'm becoming who I am yeah and celebrate the moments you bet and became even more so with my daughter's death and I'm seeing you despite the guilt you said you had what you have been sharing about Shayla is so beautiful And what you've been sharing about Liam, I feel like who I didn't get to know Shayla. I feel like I know her. Yeah. And I feel like Liam is my little nephew, you know, like, yeah, just, you just love him. And then when you came out with this, like when I saw on the other group, I was like, not Carrie, (laughs) she's got a purpose. Like she's, you know, and so, um, I do believe in the power of prayer. So I will invite all of those listening to pray that this terminal will be many years from now. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I'll take them all. Um, yeah. because, you know, we can use them and I think we can all use them. Um, I I'm so grateful to be able to do this because I think everybody has a story. I think they're afraid to tell it. I know from my, from my own fear of, you know, oh, people aren't going to listen to me. Nobody's going to care what I have to say. That's um, poopy thing. You know, yeah, that's poopy thinking. And I do it anyway. So I, I talk about it anyway, because I had one of Shayla's friends and we're very close with her. I've, I've been friends with her mother and her since Shayla was a baby because they used to babysit Shayla. And she told me that the stuff that I put on there, she says, I don't think you understand how much you have helped me. And I said, oh, I had no idea. You know, I mean, that's my, that's why I do it is because I'm hoping it will, but I have never heard that before. So I, I think you've been putting out amazing things and I hope people go and follow and, you know, add their prayers to to what you're going through and put that circle of love around Liam. And I think it's important that we talk about, um, that we talk about the hard things. We do. We need to. Because it will help create coping mechanisms for others. And I have been talking about the hard things now for, um, you know, 14 years um, Mm -hmm. in my speaking career and my writing and on my sharing. And I still have people that will stumble across the group that I had for my daughter. Yeah. And they'll be like, I I just really hope she'd live. And I'm like, but she does. Yeah. With you. She, no, she's super bossy, Carrie. I know. I'm sure. So is mine. <laughs> you know, it's like who they hang out with is rubbing off, you know? And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, you know, death is hard for those of us left behind. Yes. But I completely believe that when someone, like when I hear of an old person dying mm-hmm. and they write up this beautiful, and to me, old is older than 80. Okay. Yeah. So no permission to 60 year olds, you know? Yeah. Um, so you hear somebody 80 or older dying. 80, I think is a little young. I think we should all be living yeah. to 90 to hundred. These are, these are my, these are my rules that people should be living a long, healthy life. So when I think of somebody who has passed, that's in the older years and people write beautiful things about them, I'm like, what a gift that you had such a grandma. What a gift that you had such a grandpa. And now that grandma, that grandpa is able to network for you on the other side. There you go. That is powerful, (laughs) right? For sure. But I don't, I don't feel as sad about it as I used to. Um, not because I become jaded with my daughter's death, but because 
she is so close. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, and I've had people look at, again, you know, tell me that are close to me that I'm talking about this so nonchalantly, but I'm not afraid of death. I have family members that I am so excited to go see and go be with. So I'm not, it's not, um, it's not a scary thing for me. It's not a, a, a bad thing. I want to be here for my grandson and for my family. I absolutely do. And I am, I'm working really hard to try and make that possible. Right. But if there's other plans for me and I can go and be with my child, I'm okay with that. Well, I'm just going to ask this. It looks like you might beat me there. <laughs> you, give, you give my Caitlin a hug. <laughs> I will give her the biggest hug and I will put her under my arm and carry her along with me and my daughter and my mother. Well, I think uh, Shayla and Caitlin will be showing you the ropes. They probably um, will. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I think the order of that is age doesn't seem to matter as much. And they'll be like, we've been here longer. Let me tell you how yeah. it's done. Let me show you how, how to text in heaven. You know? Let me show you where the great cheesecake <laughs> is. Right. Um, <laughs> oh gosh! I mean, I've told my kids that heaven has the best of everything. They do. And so, yeah. but you know, little kids, they'd be like, does it have this Lego? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, even better. <laughs> does it have this? Yeah. You know, like every, you know, and it was always like food and toys. Yeah. You know, that they were worried about. Yeah, and, about and happened. They wanted to make sure their sister was okay. Yeah, for sure. You know? And um, yeah, I'm like, has all the best things. All the yeah. best things. The only thing that Caitlin worries about is if we're going to meet her there. There. That's it. That's it. Uh, oh, hey. And, you know, speaking about that, um, I know we probably have to go. But um, one more thing is I've got, I have to talk to my grandson. Liam about death. That's another thing with this whole thing that we're dealing with. How old is Liam now? He's going to be four this month. Okay. So, oh, that's right. Cause yeah. Cause Um, Shayla died the day after he was born. So we, uh, and he was in the NICU. So we, once he got out of the NICU, we brought him home and have had him ever since, but so he'll be turning four and this has brought another big thing that we've had to deal with, um, which is trying to explain to a child about death. Now, Liam already knows a lot about it because we have talked to him about his mom. Right. We've but he been very know open. his mom in the same way he knows you. Yeah. We've always been very open mm. I mean, we don't go into major details about stuff because he's a child, but you know, I've taken him to her grave. I've explained that she's in heaven and then her grave, you know, he sometimes says, oh, she's in the ground. And I'm like, yep, but her spirit's in heaven, you know, and someday we'll be able to see her there, you know? And so with my new um, diagnosis, you know, we've had to have a talk to him and, you know, and tell him that I'm very sick. I'm fighting to be able to stay here with you as long as I can. If I'm not allowed or able to do that, you just have to know that I am always here with you. I'm in your heart. You can talk to me at any point in time and you will know that I'm up there waiting for you for when it's your time. So you will know that I have not, I have not left you. I am here, you know, but it's other people that you may have to see every day instead of me, but I will always be there spiritually with you, you know? And you're such a grandma. You're wearing a shirt that says to infinity and beyond. It's a Buzz Lightyear shirt (laughs) talking to me about how I will always be there. And I just can't help but smile of the grandma-ness of that, you know, that you're embracing this, you know, I'm raising a four-year-old. We, we had told the kids who were four and six at the time, um, well, three and five when he had the heart attack, four and six yeah. when he died. But, you know, I had to tell the kids that daddy's dad's batteries were broken. Yeah. Oh, that's a cute way. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Nathaniel, who was, you know, five was like, wait a minute. When my bat, when the battery dies, the toy doesn't move. Yeah. And so we, can we get new batteries? 
And I was like, the batteries are really special that goes in humans. And that's not, that's not always something that can be replaced. Because we didn't even know if we were on a, if we we were potential for a heart transplant. Like we didn't know, we didn't know all that at the time. Yeah. Um, And he didn't, you know, miracles happened. Um, Yeah. Which is why I know that the diagnosis doesn't necessarily mean the end because we were given five years. Right. You know, but tissue was healed. Yeah. And um, sadly, we've all been touched by people who have been lost to cancer. Yeah. And uh, so everybody go get your mammograms. Oh, absolutely. Please do it. Um, You got to take care of yourself. You've got to advocate for yourself just because a doctor tells you something. A nurse tells you something doesn't make it always true. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the truth is obviously some kind of mistake was made. Yeah. There's no point in dwelling on that now. No, no. but you know, but listen. If, that, if that can go out and help someone else talk yeah. about empathy that you're like, come on, go get your, you know, follow up on stuff that yeah. you're taking what you went through and you're hoping to help other people. Yeah. Um, and I have two aunts that, that died, um, from breast cancer and, um, you know, well, excuse me, one that died from breast cancer and another that survived it. But I was thinking for I, a neighbor lady that I felt anti of yeah. from breast cancer. So that's where I got that from. But anyway, um, you know, life is a gift. It is. There is an infinity and yep. beyond out there. Um, and, um, we have, we have so much to, to fight for in this life. And that is the love and the love exists forever. That's correct. Yep. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So go live it and, um, think, think about if these things were to happen to you, what would be the most important things on your list to do and do them now? Yes. Wait, because you might get hit by a bus tomorrow. As I always tell people when the second coming comes up, I'm like, it could be your second coming tomorrow. You don't know. (laughs) And I think, I think our second coming for all of us, I mean, I might be seeing you sooner than you think. (laughs) More the merrier, I guess. (laughs) What do you you say about that? The more the merrier. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, how much more crazy can the world get, you know, than advocating for sex with children? I just, I'm just like, uh, I don't you know. know. It, yeah, it is so messed up. It's it's hard to be alive to watch all of that stuff. And sometimes I'm like, oh man, just take me out not now. I don't want to see that. No, nope, no, nope. <laughs> you're not allowed to talk like that. I, I can't, know you can't because you have to be fighting. Um, you have to be here for Liam and mm-hmm. building that bubble around him. But I will tell you. <laughs> you know, that my son looked back on it as a happy time. And I know that Liam will look back on whatever precious years he has with you because of the attitude that I've seen you exhibit in Shayla's death Thank you. and facing your own that you are in, you are driving deep in him, um, a love for God and a love for his mom and the protection of his grandmother and grandfather. Thank you. So, <laughs> I don't always cry as much on a podcast. So we're both just like now wiping her shirt, you know, and I'm so emotional. <laughs> but it's a it's a sacred opportunity to talk to somebody who like you, who who knows that the time is a gift. And remember to those that are listening, you need to go take the the podcast that will be coming out just before this one is a lady who who faced death and made a bucket list. Uh, and um different circumstance hers yeah. was potential suicide um but it you know it changed her yeah and you, you basically had the same invitation you know to yeah. take life and live life and yeah. i it's that's that's a a theme a lot in my podcasts of you know yeah. taking the moments and mm-hmm. people there are amazing people out there get to know them learn from them and take yeah. life and live life and put fear and doubt and shame who all come from satan to the side because it's poop yep i Spose agree of the poop yep. my my saying is get her done get her done get her done <laughs> okay so i expect you to be fighting and keep sharing because i know you're helping 
a lot of people, I've had people who five years later have come and said, this particular Facebook post helped me, this speech that you gave changed the course of my life, this book. And you're doing that through your sharing on Facebook. And so, you know, you may not get the five years that they tell you how much it helped them, but it's definitely helping them. But I'm hoping for the 10 because we, we need, we need Liam to, you know, I'd, I'd like 18. Is that? Is yeah, that... I, I'll go for 20. Yeah, let's do let's 20. Okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to go for that. <laughs> and I also love your attitude that if not, and that's, that's a great way to live. Yeah, I think so too. It's helping me for sure. Well, um, Lita, thank you so much for allowing me to, to do this. Um, it's tremendously helpful for me to be able to get my story out there with my daughter and with this diagnosis, um, just to let people know that, that you can do it. You, you can get through these things. You can survive them. We are strong. We are resilient. And we are made to do this. Um, so keep it up. Fight. Get your people. Do what needs to be done. And just stick with it. Just stick with it. Amen. Um, thank you, my friend Carrie Eschler, for being on this episode and sharing your hotness. Thank you.